Hello and welcome to a post-wedding episode of our podcast. I'm here with James, newly married, newly imprisoned. How was the wedding? How was the honeymoon? What were the best parts? What were the worst parts? Please keep in mind, this is a PG podcast. Yeah, so in spirit of that, of course, I think it's only natural to first talk about lovemaking, because if not for that, we wouldn't be here today. Fair enough. Which ties us into one Andrew Beaker. Oh, the beak. Who made his fair share of love, carrying his own. Uh, We had our rehearsal dinner the day before the wedding, of course, and within five minutes of one of the bridesmaids being there and interacting with him... I made a bet with another guy who did not know said bridesmaid that the beak and her would engage in some sort of fellatio of sorts. And that was a $5 in the bag. Thank Um. you. So I guess you could say it was a pretty good wedding. Some early and stiff competition between the groomsmen there. And I really want to emphasize stiff. Um, But how was the honeymoon? Where did you go? What did you do? How did you fraudulently fund this endeavor? Uh, we went to Punta Cana, or as the locals call it, Punta Cana. <laughs> uh, <in> Dominican Republic. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was awesome. It was really hot, super, uh, really, really humid. I'll say it was like 95% humidity every day. Like low nineties for heat felt a lot worse, but oh, sounds paradise. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. It was very slight overcast, which killed it a little bit, and it rained every single day for about I don't know thirty seconds. Which okay. Was nice little cool off too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a churchier, slightly classier version of a trip to Mexico where you feel a hell of a lot safer. Okay. Yeah. So, follow-up question then. Did you have any food uh, that you really stood out to you? You brought it home, you still think about it? Uh, so, our resort was huge, first off. It okay. uh, had, like, I think 16,000 occupancy. It was about a, I want to say, 15-minute walk from one end to the other. Holy and that's shit. if you're, like, speed walking. Okay. So, they constantly ran a little, like, trainer trolley back and forth. <laughs> At all times, it was pretty great. So with that, there were 14 restaurants there, which is a shit ton. And you wow. have to have reservations okay. every night. And okay. we were only there for a week, so I didn't get to try everything. But uh, I'll say the food is probably the most disappointing part Interesting. of the trip. Okay. Uh, not saying it was bad. I rarely had stuff that was flat out bad. It's just half the places we went were just, yeah, okay. Like the seafood place I had really high hopes for. But in my opinion, I can get just as good, if not better, seafood here in Seattle. Uh, But we went to, like, a hibachi grill and a Mexican joint, and they were, like, two of the better food places I've had in my entire life. It was pretty crazy. Okay. Uh, Well, that makes for a natural transition here. We are in this greater Seattle area, and we're experiencing some pretty intense heat right now. Certainly far beyond what we normally have to deal with. And we, we were talking about this, of course, as what people do, they talk about the weather. But it brought us to another conversation about what is good food, and I mean dinner food, to eat when it's uncomfortably warm. Yeah, uh, that's open to interpretation, I suppose. 
when I'm really hot, I'm always thinking, oh, God, all I want is something cold, like a deli sandwich or something like that. Preach. And then I never end up getting those. I always find something else that looks good, like a pulled pork sandwich. Mm. Sometimes heat in the moment, you get those smells running through your nostrils and you can't help yourself. But this whole thing came up because we're in the market for a dinner tonight. We are. And it's very hot here. Probably like, what, 90 today at the peak? If I had to guess, 94. Oh, dang. So 94 today, smoke in the air. Seems like it's making everything just worse. So Classic we don't want something hot, but we'll probably end up getting some hot. I mean, do we get a margarita with it? Or how do we kind of temper the heat? How do you um, make it palatable? Did you say margarita? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, okay. but only if you get those little umbrellas. Otherwise, that's a deal breaker, my friend. Isn't that part of the definition of a margarita? Um... Maybe. I think you look at a you know real manly guy like you and I, and yep. you assume that, yeah, we do need one of those umbrellas. Totally. So if we don't get one, no, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Charging ahead here. Uh, the last week in the theater of politics has been absolutely fantastic. Um, we don't want to get into any partisan politics. We just want to comment on some of the assertive we experienced this week. Uh, to open that up, we'll talk about the mooch. The mooch. Very short-lived, but mooch. he brought all kinds of entertainment uh, in his 11 mooch. days of employment. <laughs> Does anyone in the biz have a better nickname than the mooch? And nobody in any business has a better nickname than the mooch. Uh, so we'll give a real quick rundown from what my interpretation of this whole thing was. Was that he was forced to liquidate a lot of his assets due to a conflict of interest of taking this communications position. Quit his very high paying job and went to work. And then he missed out on the birth of his son. His wife filed for a divorce and he got fired all in a 10 day span. So my question for you, and I honestly want you to answer this. Has anyone ever had a worse 10 days ever that doesn't involve death unless something funny happened prior to said death? (laughs) (laughs) Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Um, It's just unreal. I heard today that his first official day as communication director hadn't even come around yet when he was fired so he was still in the quote-unquote training phase of his role in the white house uh and i just i really want to point out that he you while talking about a co-worker a senior advisor the chief strategist to the president of the united states let's call it what it is the guy's an asshole he's talking about an asshole he uses the phrase i'm not steve bannon i'm not trying to suck my own cock while knowingly on the record to a reporter that's the white house director of communications uh that's where we are today i agree that is the only good hire that they made yeah anyone out there if you happen to know the mooch (laughs) send them our information we're in the market for a good you know communications director hey interview or a hire we could go either way with it yeah he's a good guy He's a good guy. Uh, Everybody says politics. that about him. Yeah. 
yeah. Also in politics, we uh, want to talk about a local folk hero. And by local, I mean domestic to the United States of America. That's John McCain. Oh, John McCain. Give us the lay of the land. Walk me through what happened. All right. So, obviously, we've been going through this nasty healthcare battle. And again, we're not going to get into the partisan politics of it. At the end of the day, the Senate introduces the quote-unquote skinny bill. We're going to pass some nominative repeal of Obamacare and then magically come back to the table and fix this bill. Some might say it was a dangerous game to play with the fate of medical care for millions of Americans. Some might say it's the second most dangerous game behind humans, hunting humans. True. True. So... The Senate is teetering on this very thin balance, uh, the 50-48 majority. They need three senators to defect, uh, they being the Republicans, to lose any votes. And so uh, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins have already defected, puts it at 50-50. Pence comes in, casts a deciding vote, and John McCain comes in like he's riding a noble steed to the Senate floor, like Commodus and Gladiator. He walks up to the Senate parliamentarian. He looks into the eyes of Mitch McConnell. He holds his thumb sideways and then thrusts it down like Joaquin Phoenix ending the life of a gladiator in the Coliseum. It was fantastic political theater. And again, uh, we won't get into the partisan side of it, but... Uh, no matter who you were rooting for, what result you were hoping for, uh, it was incredibly entertaining, and nobody can take that away from John McCain. Oh my god. What went through his mind? What would you think the defining moment was where he's like, you know, a week from now, I'm going to put my thumb to this side, and people are going to go crazy. I'm going to turn it one way, and I'm going to be a goddamn hero. Hey, Maverick's going to Maverick. That's all I'm saying. That is what you're saying. Speaking of Mavericks, we uh, know some Mavericks, and those are our local Mavericks in the series of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Natural a, transition. That's a buttery smooth transition. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the spirit of Game of Thrones, we're going to transition to one of our famous segments, yet to be named, where basically we came up with, without consulting the other person, a some sort of scenario, or almost superlative, if you will. We'll go with more scenario. Where you present one Game of Thrones character and one other scenario or character, and the person has to choose. Or the other option here is you offer a superlative, and the other person answers with the character that best fits that superlative. So I'll let you start us off here. All right. Well, in the spirit of politics, my first one is who is the bigger coward? Is it newly Republican Governor Jim Justice, okay. who just flopped yet again political parties? Is this or, guy a John Kerry? Yeah, for real. Or is it one Theon Greyjoy? He is a little bit of a baby. That's a good one, and that's exactly what we're looking for. Thank you, um, thank you. The Mooch. And it's a tough call. It's a tough call. Uh, the Mooch is not a coward. Thank you very much. I'm just um, hearing the background music but, of the yes. mooch. That might be our theme song. Yeah, we should just have you saying the mooch in the background of our conversations. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. 
I'm gonna have to go with uh, with uh, Theon. I think he's showed cowardice a number of times. Most recently, of course, when he jumped off the boat, when he could have at least tried to save his sister. But I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm okay. in the vast minority here, okay. and I think that was the smartest thing he could have done. Fair. You, it's rare to stay alive in this Game of Thrones, if you will. Mm-hmm. And he did what he had to do to stay alive. He had no effing clue of surviving, trying to save his sister. Would have been a death trap. Or you can jump off the boat and hope you stay alive. And hey, it worked. Fair enough. Fair enough. But what's the best case now for Theo? Um, best case? There's best case and what I think's going to happen, which okay. is still a pretty good case. Okay. Best case, which won't happen is he basically starts over anew. He has some fighting skill. He's mm-hmm. still a shell of himself, but True. he knows how to, you know, wield the sword, whatever. Uh, go fend for yourself out there. Live off brothels and beer and whatever the hell you got to do to stay alive for work. Just do something. Yep. What I think's going to happen is he's probably going to forfeit his life to save someone else's. Yep. I think heroic death is best case for him yeah absolutely all right your turn all right my turn here who is the bigger showboat is it euron Greyjoy? Greyjoy is strong representation in this segment so far is it euron Greyjoy or dion sanders do the dirty bird um i'm gonna have to go with dion sanders yeah the dirty bird yeah uh, Great Dion, just, Dion, baby. There's overly confident, and then there's showboating. Yeah. Uh, and you might even say that Euron's not overly confident. There's nothing that suggests that he hasn't showed everything that he's capable of, or said anything that he's not capable of. True. Whereas Dion goes out and proves it. It would be comparable if Dion went out and just constantly said, "Oh, I'm the best. I'm gonna do this, 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 this." To go out there and do the dirty bird, that's just downright disrespectful. Hey, that's a fair point. So is dragging uh, Yara through the streets of King's Landing, but it's still not as cocky as the dirty bird. Nope. Nothing ever is. Nope. All right. My next one is who has demonstrated more false confidence? So who is confident when there's no way in hell they should be? Ah, so my choices, and I think you might like this one, is okay. Eric at Rocket League <laughs> or Grey Worm during foreplay. <laughs> he should be in panic the whole time. I have to say, I really hope Eric listens to this. <laughs> Here's himself compared to the... <laughs> castrated Grey Worm's sex life. This is Dylan's attempted at uh, stalling because it's actually a good question, <laughs> It's a Eric. great question. Uh, I'm gonna have to say Eric's confidence is more unfounded because <laughs> I love you, Eric. Uh, <laughs> Just so bad. Because Grey Worm literally um, obviously he can't go full coitus, but there's nothing him stopping him from being an excellent uh, bringer of foreplay. Fallaciest. Fallaciest. Fallacioist. Yeah. Kind of linguist. A man of many tongues. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. <laughs> Love you, Eric. All right. That brings me to brings me 
to my next one, which is who is the Russell Wilson slash J.J. Watt of Westeros? And when I say that, I mean... I don't even need to hear the rest of it. Okay. I have an answer. Okay. Very brief, very brief, Ed Sheeran. First thing that jumped in my mind when he said that. <laughs> Oh God! Just him saying three words, just like, why is he in this? So cringy. Which is anything that comes out of JJ Watt's mouth. It's pretty bad. Okay. Who do you have for that? If you had to answer. Um, if I had to answer that, I think I might go with um, with Daenerys because. She puts up this front like I'm a queen of the people. I represent all that's good. She's basically a walking PR show, um, but she's done some pretty awful things. She's killed people in horrible ways. She crucified all the masters. She's also been raped, so that's got to give her a pass for at least something. Something, yeah. Probably like the first hundred of the people that she tortured and killed. Shout out to uh, all rape victims listening. We got your back here at this podcast. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. My next one is by far my worst one. Okay. Who is more rude to people they don't know? Ooh. Danny, okay. with her treatment of, perhaps unfair treatment of John right away. Okay. Or Kanye West in general to everyone. Ooh. Damn. And here's my thought behind that, what you think. Kanye West is just an a-hole. He's yep. just mean to everyone. Mm-hmm. Daenerys needs John. She knows that. And especially after the episode two, more than ever, when their Iron Fleet got taken out, yet she's still kind of a huge dick to him. Yeah. I will say, to Danny's credit, would you believe the White Walker story if someone just showed up and told you this? I mean, even that story aside, just making him bend the knee upon even meeting him or getting to know him, pretty messed up. True. True. By Kanye. Oh, that's a, this is a good one. This is a good one. I might go with Kanye because since birth, Daenerys has been surrounded by people in this idea that she's meant to be the queen and everyone she meets should bow down out to her. That's been impressed on her since she was born. Let's not forget, too, she was also raped. That's kind of give her a pass. Good point. <laughs> the mooch. The mooch. Ow, ow. <laughs> Let the boys be boys. Oh, just, oh no. Let the boys be boys. <laughs> Not applicable here. Bad timing. Great timing. Always great frizz. I'm going to have to go with Kanye. He right. made a song, I Am a God, where that's pretty much all he says. All right. Hurry up. With my damn massage. Great musician. When I came out with this question, or when I came up with it, my answer was Danny, but uh, through talking this, I think I would shift that. To Kanye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your move. myself on the back. All right. All right. My next one. I'm pretty proud of my last two. So my next one. Who is the George W. Bush of Westeros? And when I say that, I mean specifically who is in a family of power and is put in a position of power that they're not prepared for in any way and they'd rather just be partying, hanging out, and fucking off. Ooh. 
I feel like you're guided me to one specific person. I did not mean totally to. slipping my mind. Who? You could almost make the argument of Tyrion. Okay. Assuming he didn't kill his dad and how that everything would have progressed. Okay. But that's still not enough comparable leadership to being the president yeah. of your respected, I'll say, house in this case. I might go for. I'm going to ignore the partying parts of your explanation. Yeah. Fair. And go Danny still. Really? Yeah. Oh. I think she's she's been taking L after L. She's been bad. Every decision she made sucked. Okay. Yes, season seven, her strategies have been thwarted at every turn. However, up to this point, she's been pretty remarkable in securing power essentially on her own. All right? Kind of. She. Let's not forget she inherited dragons. True, true, true. And Slaver's Bay, while that ended well, was a cluster. That did not go well at all. And a lot of that wasn't even her dealing with it until the dragons came and essentially murdered everyone. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. But also my kind of reasoning behind that also is she didn't think that she was going to... She wasn't raised thinking she was going to be the queen or anything. It was always her brother who was alive most of her life who was supposed Mm -hmm. to be the one to rise to power. And it was only until he died that she's like, oh, crap. Well, she didn't think that, but she was kind of thrust into that role. That's true. So those are my reasonings. Probably okay. a bad answer, but what about you? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious ones that I was expecting you to uh, uh, to bring up, which I'm glad you didn't. I think that's a much better thought out answer. Were the Lannister children, Joffrey, Tommen, and even Tyrion to a point. Um, but also I think you could find it in early Theon Greyjoy pre-capture pre-castration i would 100 percent agree with that if like he just rose above his sister and kind of took over after the dad died that would have been a good one yep i i disagree with the joffrey one i agree on the basis and it totally depends off what your criteria is yep. i agree on the basis that he was ill qualified and stumbled into it just because who he is yeah but i don't think he would rather be off doing something else you know that's fair that's fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to pick one person, who would it be? Probably Tommen, to be honest. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah. That's probably the best answer. Because he's more like lighthearted, good-natured. He meant well, and he ended up putting all this power in the wrong hands with the Sparrow, who in many ways could be his Dick Cheney, so to speak. The move. Alright, my last one for you is Who exhibited Worst timing Okay Bran Stark with his rape speech to his sister (laughs) Jesus Christ (laughs) Or Blockbuster as a company Oh Oh. Cause let's not forget Let's not underplay this whole Bran thing Yeah Because now, at least it would seem at the surface His sister wants no part (laughs) Of talking to him ever again or relationship. Literally chose the creepiest thing you could say. Pretty awful timing. With Blockbuster, are there any choices in particular? Um. Yeah, we'll say their poor timing of not adopting a digital platform yeah. and maybe even not buying Netflix when they had the option yeah. for like a hundred grand or whatever. 
totally. a million bucks. Okay. I mean, they tried a little bit to compete with Netflix when they were a DVD order company, DVD by order uh, company, by mail order. Wow. So we'll say uh, this then. Sorry. Okay. I'll no, simplify no. it. I'm not thinking of one specific instance, and please don't. Just think of it as, or all the poor timings collectively that they've exhibited. Okay. I mean, I guess I have to go with Blockbuster because they owned a market. They own that market. People consumed DVD videos by by rental for such a long period of time, and Blockbuster owned that market. And Netflix literally came from nothing, from zero, and now they have a pretty damn good stronghold on all all sides of uh, the entertainment industry as opposed to just DVD rentals. I agree. I wanted to be able to defend my brand Stark choice because mm-hmm. it's funny. But, yes, it uh, was. <laughs> uh, I think it's too early to tell. I think that answer could change. True. If his rape speech led to uh, maybe his demise or maybe the demise of Westeros in the North. It's quite likely at this point. All because of that speech. That's true. She's just totally unwilling to cooperate moving forward. You'd be absolutely right. But can't he see everything now? Yeah. I don't know. We need to know more about that situation. All right. My last one, and if I might humbly say my best one. Oh, no. Oh, no. The Mooch. The Mooch. Who would make the best WWE wrestler. Oh my gosh. Out of all the characters of Westeros. Oh, that is a great question. Um, I'm trying to think of who's overly eccentric because they're good actors. So you might almost have to think of it as who has the potential to be yeah. the most overly dramatic. Yep. Um, I mean, you gotta think of a theme, right? So I think of the mountain is just the big, huge. You know, Andre the Giant, pick you up, crush you, doesn't say really anything, just intimidates people. You've got uh, Oberyn, you know, dancing around, flashy, talking gonna trash. He's going to be my Rey Mysterio. Okay, okay, sorry then. Yeah, that's all good. Called Drogo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they already have him <laughs> in the WWB. Wasn't there the great, the great Kali, literally almost by name? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember the great color. Oh yeah, dude, Google him. It's I'm like, googling him right now. It's basically what you're expecting to look at. Okay. But other than that, um, a T- Tyrion would be a great answer. Oh, a true. midget running true. around. Oh yeah. Just picture it because like whenever they pick him up, the other person has to jump. Imagine him going against like the Andre the Giant type, and he just like barely lifts up, and the guy goes flying. <laughs> oh, that's great TV. The Mountain and Tyrion would make an excellent tag team. Oh, yeah. We can say that for sure. <laughs> yes. Good question. That was kind of a tough one, too. Thank you have to you. read into that one a lot. I was pretty proud of that one. Good for you. Uh, we'll talk a little Game of Thrones, though. Yep. So we're going to kind of not so much recap everything that's happened, but going to take some general themes. We're going to focus on, like, the North, King's Landing, and then Dragonstone. Kind of briefly what's happened there, how we think about it where we think it's going to go, where we want it to go, where we don't want it to go. So we'll start with the north. That sounds good to you. Mm-hmm. So we can start talking about Sansa. What are you thinking about kind of her action, her arc here? 
Yeah. So, over the last couple seasons, Sansa has grown a lot, obviously. Um, and really, she's getting kind of scary, I think. Uh, she's got a lot of power right now while John's out of the North, especially, obviously. And we can't talk about Sansa without talking about this creepy-ass little finger. And yes. I'm just really scared about what's brewing in there between the two of them. Yeah, he's so creepy. But uh, the teaser after the last episode was him pulling out his dagger. You know, the yes. uh, yep. what, Valyrian yep. dagger. Yep. So someone's Gion Gate cut. No. What if, and this is probably one you haven't heard, because okay. he's obviously loves okay. Sansa for better or for worse. What if he kills her Ooh. while Jon's gone and somehow rises to power up there? Huh? Ah. I. It's within the realm of possibility. And mm-hmm. I think really a lot of, of how the North progresses on this may be stating the obvious, but I think is going to depend on what information Bran brings into the fold for all the characters, right? Mm -hmm. So, really right now, he's this all-seeing eye, but all he's shared so far is that he watched his sister get raped on her wedding night. Yeah, he did. Let the boys be boys. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's a vulnerability for Littlefinger, I can see. I mean, because he's backstabbed pretty much everyone at this point. So Throughout this whole segment, I want us to just spitball theories that may okay. or may not happen. Okay. They could suck. They could be good, just to okay. get some split reactions. So on that kind of same vein, <laughs> could you see a scenario where maybe he gets a little too handsy with Sansa again for her, poor yeah. girl? And then, uh, shoot, who's that really big, tall girl who's... Oh, Brynn of Tarth? Yes. What if she comes to the rescue and kills him? Ooh. Could be the most satisfying moment of Game of Thrones this far if Brienne of Tarth kills Lydia F- Littlefinger. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, I feel like she's kind of been phased out a little bit, though. I don't really... She kind of settled under the dust once she dropped off Sansa. Yeah, I really want her to come back in a big way. Yeah, I she's think. solid. She's actress. got a lot of play... When we started talking about Jamie in the South, as well as Daenerys, as well as Sansa. so We know the Valyrian dagger is coming out. What do you think it's going to be used for? Bran. I think that's where he's going with the dagger. What possible information could Bran leak that would make Littlefoot want to kill him? Unless, and I'm going to interject here. Yeah. What if Bran takes it upon himself to talk to Littlefinger and is like, Hey, I know what your goal is. I know what you're trying to do. Type of thing. Yeah but that'd be really dumb, a brand. Yeah. But having a conversation with your sister about her getting rapes, also really dumb. So who knows? <laughs> he hasn't shown much discretion so far. Um, but I think the biggest piece of information would be the betrayal of Ned Stark. Um, oh, yeah, of course. How did that slip my mind? Yeah. I mean, there are a number to choose from. He betrayed Sansa. He, he betrayed uh, Catelyn. Uh, he betrayed the Starks at every turn, right? How old do you think he is? 50? 55? And Sansa? What do you think she's like? 25 at this point, probably. Really? I think older. Okay, I was going to go younger even. Younger. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, she, w- she was like right coming of age when the Seers started, right? And that's seven, I guess, is a season a year. 
Yeah, hard to, hard to say. They've kind of accelerated it more and more. Yeah. Hard-hitting discussion here. <laughs> <laughs> I was going somewhere with it. I got you, I got you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that's the danger for Bran is... I think once Littlefinger discovers the power of Bran, that dagger's coming right for his jugular. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying Littlefinger's wildly smart, cunning, yeah. clever, fit for this kind of action, so being his best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, this is kind of really macro. Who's going to win the Game of Thrones? One person, one name, one answer. The Mooch. The Mooch. Who's going to win? Danny. Ah, boo, boring. Yeah, I know. Well, is that who you want to win or who you think no, is going to win? No, 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 no. Who do you want to win? I believed in a decentralized government. So. Oh, here we go. <laughs> what a hippie. <laughs> no, I'd like to see John on top. If there was a way for Tyrion to win, I'd want to see that. There's a way. Yeah, no, probably Tyrion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dylan chooses Jon Snow. Yeah. And just another thing he has in common with 16-year-old girls everywhere. You're like, get a life. True. I, li- I do like Jon Snow. He's yeah. awesome. And you really want to root for him. But I want him to die. You want him to die? Yeah, I just want to be constantly surprised. That's one of my favorite yeah. things about the series is I'm True. always caught off guard. And I want him to die just because that would just mess everything up. Absolutely. That'd be crazy. And- but uh, yeah. I think uh, I think Littlefinger is gonna win. Ooh, yeah. Do you think he'll win, kind of, at the expense of the kingdoms writ large, in that he won't focus at all on the dead army till it's too late? Yes. Okay. I think he's gonna win, have his victory for a little bit, while everyone else is up north. Okay. And probably dead by that point. Yep. But I'm kind of... I don't know if I'm rooting for it because it's kind of a cheap way out. But I want to be surprised. You know that. Mm-hmm. But I could see them going in a direction where the White Walkers just clean house. Yeah. Yeah, we get like white ice dragons and everything. And then boom, game over. Ooh, just nobody wins. Yeah. Well, oh. the, the White King... The Night King wins. Yes. I like it. I like it. It's dark. That's it's pretty gnarly. Okay. So, so that's the north. Yeah. <laughs> King's Landing, kind of working our way down there. Mm-hmm. Cersei, Jamie, really the only two notables there. Yes, Tyrell as well, sort of. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's true. Yeah. yeah. They did. Pretty sad. Great scene, by the way. But Very good pretty scene. Pretty sad. Pretty sad. I gotta say, I like Jamie. He's probably mm-hmm. my top two favorite characters. I really like him. Yeah. I think everyone sees a little bit of him in themselves. And yeah. great name. Great name. <laughs> the best. Pretty uh, effeminate s- name, if you ask me. I think it was you that texted me and said, do you think he's going to kill Cersei? I, do, I think that out? was me, yeah. I do you do think, think that's think going to so. happen? Yep. Do yep. you think... You do think that's going to happen, then? I do. Hmm. I think if Bran of Tarth comes back into play, I think that's going to throw Jamie off. And he's not going to know who to trust, who to follow. Uh, I think he's already starting to lose some of that foundation about who he is, who his family is, and what they mean, and what they stand for, rather. But I think also, if Jamie stumbles on the dungeon that the, sna- the Sand Snakes are in, where his mother is locked in a room with her rotting corpse of her daughter... 
I think that could continue his path of kind of starting to peel back the mask of Cersei and seeing her for the monster she is. I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to go against the grain a little bit, just okay. again for the sake of discussion. But mm-hmm. uh, the show's nothing if it doesn't have a bad guy. Cersei needs to be there at least to a certain extent. Yeah. She is not known as someone who's going to wait and accept her fate. Uh-huh. She's increasingly becoming someone who's taking fate and grabbing it by the balls. Yeah. So. Donald Trump style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mooch. <laughs> the mooch. But, uh, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. So, Jamie. Okay. She has done, Xerxes, that is, everything you could possibly do that's evil, wrong, and bad, including to her own kids. Yeah. Jamie knows all of that. He still lays with her, says he's madly in love with her. So at this point, it's what could she possibly do that's going to make him flip a switch? And I honestly can't think of anything because he doesn't have a clear attachment to Tyrion anymore since Tyrion killed her dad. That's a very fair point. So here's what I'm thinking. She's very aware of the prophecy. She's referenced it a handful of times. Yeah. She goes out of her way and kills Jamie. Girls Ooh. everywhere, hearts broken. My heart broken. My heart broken. Makes it for good TV, though. Okay. That's what I think is going to go. Okay. You think Cersei's going to kill Jamie? Do you then eventually think Tyrion will kill Cersei uh, to fulfill the prophecy? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that whole prophecy is going to come too. Ah. Yeah. Probably okay. will, but... Nah, nah, nah. I like the, the way you talk about surprise and just shock you know death of central characters being mm-hmm. so central to the excitement of the show um and i think this is a great opportunity for something like that yeah but that was all that great stuff you're mentioning was all in the books we're no longer going by the book ah. stuff's getting predictable foreshadowing's getting heavier it's yeah. kind of at least it seems like it's an issue for me at least but it seems like the showrunners don't want to do anything that's going to piss off a lot of people, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I want. Do you think they're going to, they're just baiting us and then all of a sudden we're going to be surprised? That's possible. The old uh, rock them to sleep, rock them step. I agree with you, and I think it's partly driven by the fact there's only two seasons left and they need to wrap up so many storylines that. There's less uh, narrative dilly-dallying going on. Do they, though? Do they need to wrap up all these storylines? What happens if they leave them open into our imagination? Nerds like the us rest of our lives argue about it if? forever. Maybe. Okay, so we haven't talked about Dragonstone and Daenerys and Tyrion um, directly in terms of their narrative arc thus far in the in the show and i think with that too we should include yara euron the sand snakes and that epic scene so do you want to get us started with some of that yeah so i'll start with Tyrion, who we've heavily mentioned yep he has much like danny and much because of his fault danny's taking on all these l's just doing a bad job at his job yeah so i i don't know i'm gonna go again continue to go against the grain element okay. of surprise I think uh, old grayscale guy. Jorah. Jorah the Under. Jorah Mormon. He's uh, going to come back. She's going to be the love. He's going to be the love interest now. Okay. Uh, I don't recall him and Tyrion ever having a huge affinity for one another. I think they no. grew to have a respect, but nothing more than that. 
That's my memory as well. And I think he, I could see Tyrion getting kicked off, kicked off the council. Ooh, getting elbowed out of there. Yeah. Ooh. And then potentially going with John, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't really know how John's whole thing plays into it, but I don't see Tyrion being as prominent with like huge moments, like killing someone. Yeah. As we want him to be, I think they're just gonna milk his very good dialogue for mm-hmm. when they can. Yeah. Um. And. With that a little bit, I think Tyrion dying might be, uh, or might cause the most outrage out of any character dying at this point, right? Probably. I mean, I Other guess... Other than Jon Snow. Jon Snow, Daenerys, maybe. I don't even think Daenerys as much as Tyrion. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I agree with you. He's one of the most, well, most well-loved, so potential uh, for a surprise death. Where do you uh, think he's going? What do I th- what do I think his character arc is heading towards? I think, I mean, if he makes any more of these egregious mistakes, I don't see him continuing as hand to the queen, and I would love to see more of the dynamic and interactions between he and Jon Snow. That dynamic is one of my favorites. Is his ideal scenario in your mind just? getting his shit together, becoming hand of the queen to Daenerys, she takes over, and then he lives his life out as the number two? Or yes. would you want him to go a different direction? I'd want him to do that and include killing Cersei as part of that, or at least being party to the death of Cersei. Uh, I just don't think that can happen. I think that's too much fan service. Everyone Potential. wants that. Everyone does want that. Um... And yeah, and but at the same time, we've seen that fan service is very much in play uh, yeah, for how true. the writers are <laughs> building this narrative here. Sand snakes uh, yeah. are what I'm talking about there. Uh, we can talk about intercourse. Oh, I'm always good for an intercourse conversation. Oh, yeah. The mood. <laughs> So yeah, intercourse. <laughs> uh, we have our uh, Grey Worm, his sex yes. scene. Very yes. intimate. People loved it. I heard people cried. I didn't hear that, but uh, someone might have. I might have cried. So um, I'll go ahead and lay the land here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get something. vivid. So they engaged in what can only be described as rubbing two potatoes together. <laughs> That's all I got there. They had a very vivid sex scene, we can assume, <laughs> after a whole lot of foreplay. We're not really sure what's going on downstairs with Unsullied. Um, I'd always assume just castration, but you can still get the job done without those buppies. <laughs> yeah, the logistics are very ambiguous. So tune in next week. Dylan yes. and I are really on the fence about this. Okay. So you're going to have to hit us up on either Friendster or MySpace. Uh, we're going to narrate that entire sex scene. That. And all we're going to say is... The, the mooch. <laughs> it's fair play. Fair play at this point. But sorry, go ahead. I had to get that in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying... I, I forget her name, and that's awful. I think it's Melisandre. No. Um, nope. Okay. There that's a red go. woman. That's a red woman? Yeah, she has a weird name. At least when you read it, it looks ambiguous on how to pronounce it. <laughs> So I'm always just like, yeah, I'll call her the, the, the girl. The girl. The translator. She's stunningly beautiful and 
great for Grey Worm. Great for her. We'll put intercourse in quotation marks here because we're not really sure what's going on in there. You Can know? I pitch you a hilarious scenario, in my Absolutely. opinion? Absolutely. All right. We tune in next week, so this Sunday. It's their interaction. Ooh. And she's just very distant and cold. And he's like, hey, you want to hang out later? And she's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> just over it. <laughs> no? That would be hilarious yeah oh to, me, to me and you and probably no one else Most fair <laughs> serious question though kind of off cuff would you be surprised if we tune in next week and all of a sudden it's just Jon Snow with a shit ton of dragon glass weapons oh hey we, we mined everything and made it into weapons <laughs> just no explanation of how it nope. happens yeah I'm kind of expecting that to be honest I mean I feel like the infrastructure, the equipment, all the supplies that are necessary to mine and process stone into weapons. is, is We haven't seen any of that. So he's talking about setting up a huge industrial project uh, to save the world. And I haven't seen Halliburton or any other supplier uh, to anywhere to be found. Yeah, it's Halliburton. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, so we'll transition to one more little topic here before we do a quick little wrap up. So the prince that is promised. Ooh. Who is it and why? Okay, we'll do this. Who do you not want it to be? Who do you think it's going to be? And who do you want it to be? Okay. I don't want it to be Jon Snow. That would be too on the nose. Um and yeah, I think we've alluded already to the fact that he's already kind of this heartthrob, too good to be true type of character. He might be the Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, by the way. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying J.J. Watt. Come okay, on now. Okay. Maybe Russell Wilson's a more <laughs> apt on Mr. High and Mighty over here. <laughs> he's pretty high and mighty. And yes. he was celibate for a real long time. Yes, so. true. Wow. Connecting the dots over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do I think it's going to end up being? Uh, probably Jamie. Probably Jamie. Mm. Um, I like who do that. I want it to be? The Hound. You fucker. Still I want it to be the Hound. What, so, is that not an awesome idea? It is so good. And the connection of fire would be a great connection going all the way back to his origin story. Um, and using a Dendarian sword too. Yes. Forward. Ooh. Yeah, there's potential there. Yes. And that's he a, hasn't technically died. You could argue that he was at the cusp of darkness with the fire and everything. But they have the guy who can revive the dead. He's yes. only worked on one person, person until now, perhaps. But it's the guy with one eye. Yeah. Does he not look exactly like the narrator character from Three Hundred? Oh, I'm going to have to give that a Google in the yeah. coming minutes. Yeah. The guy who survives and is supposedly telling a story. That's great. That's exactly like that guy. Anyways, those are my three. What are your three? Who do I not want it to be? Yeah. Danny. Yeah. I think that's kind of boring cop yes. out. Almost. That would be obnoxious. Who do I think it's going to be? Danny. Okay. I don't... Uh, I don't know. I have no reason to believe they're leading me astray anymore as much as I want that to be the case. But with the whole thing last time of, oh no, actually, 
It can be a prince or princess. Oh gosh, that was so bad. Yeah, so if that's it, you're just gonna be like, oh god damn it. Who do I want it to be? The hound. Yeah. If I change that because that was your answer, I wouldn't mind it being Jamie. Okay. I, I don't hate a scenario where he rises to power. I like him mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. I like that he's a good balance of good and evil. Yeah. For a lot of really shitty reasons. Yeah. And I think both those characters, Jamie and that hound, I think are maybe my two favorite character arcs, right? They've mm-hmm. gone through the most change. The audience's opinions of each of them, I think, is expected to have changed the most. And I'll say I never really didn't like or respect Jamie. From really? day one, I okay. was always Team Jamie. Day one. Day one. When he pushed Bran off the tower? After boning his own sister? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially because he was boning his <laughs> Lind Washington. <laughs> oh, yeah, the mooch. The mooch. But uh, I don't know. I think he's a charismatic enough actor where he could commit genocide. And I'd be like, eh, hear him out. That jawline, though. <laughs> yeah, true. But uh, okay, we'll wrap this up. Okay. By saying this or asking this question. Who do you think is going to fall the hardest next episode? And mm-hmm. who do you think is going to have the biggest either comeback if they were previously crappy or just continue to rise to prominence of sorts, make good moves? I think we're going to be surprised by Sansa. I think she's going to make some power plays in the North. I think they might be competent plays. So um, plays that you agree with and say, oh, that was smart of her to do. I will say, I'll say they're smart plays, but I won't agree with her, per se. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, you could say that with Cersei, like, almost everything she does. Yeah. Comparable. And by the way, you kind of handed out earlier, like, and they kind of also touch on the fact that, oh, it's almost like you respect her when you say that. And you're like, okay, no, nothing Sansa said hinted at that. You're clearly trying to get us to associate one with the other. Yeah. But definitely on that art, kind of, in my opinion. But keep going. Sorry. Um... Who's gonna die in the next episode? I think Grey Worm. Grey Worm, huh? Yeah. I think his his days are short. The whole I fear nothing until I fear loving you, whatever, Mamby Pamby BS he was talking about. I think that's really opened him up and now we're gonna see him fall. I get behind that though. Yeah. What about you? Um, who do I think's gonna fall? the furthest i'm gonna go with Tyrion. Ooh, yeah i think uh his days in dragonstone are numbered yeah but i hope that happens because if he falls out of good grace i think we're gonna get a lot more of camera time on him and what he does from there mm-hmm. as opposed to just giving general counsel and your occasional cool interaction with john so i'm yeah. rooting for that for a number of reasons i've definitely reshuffled in the deck to some degree yes i like it i agree who do I think is going to have a big episode? I am going to go with... I'm going to go with the Hound. Ooh. I have literally nothing that would suggest that that's the yeah. case. But I feel like he's been a little absent lately. He might be due for a bit of a comeback. Yeah. I think we can expect to see Arya soon. Yes. Which hopefully that leads to their reunion. I think yes. they're going to get on really well. And if I want him to become the prince that is promised... He's going to have to do a handful of extraordinary things, and there's not a whole hell of a lot of time to do that, so he's going to have to start committing good acts soon. Ah. So I think it might not be the smartest moves necessarily, but I think he's going to win a lot of fan favor here soon. Okay. 
Because I think it's important to note that episode three, the most recent episode as of our recording, neither Arya or the Hound make an appearance. So I think we are going to see a lot of both in the next episode. I hope so, at least. I know Arya's been building into a fan favorite, um, one of my favorites, certainly. So hopefully we get some more action there. Oh, I was going to ask you, too. I uh, told you a little bit earlier that I heard a kind of funny theory. Coworker went up to me dead serious, and he was like, So, Bran, what if he wins the Iron Throne? What if he's just straight evil now and, like, manipulates all this power and knowledge he has and just takes out whoever he needs to and works his way to the top? And my my response to that was, Okay, if he had legs, maybe I could get behind that theory. (laughs) Which, I mean, if someone wants to kill him, what's what's he going to do? But if everyone's so scared... ADA in Westeros. Yeah. But if everyone's so scared of his, you know, mind or third eye, I guess, at this point. Yeah. And maybe they want to keep him around because he knows what's best for the prosperity of, you know, his underlings or whatever. And he's viewed as a genius, potentially. Yeah. Is interesting enough for me to think about it. Yeah. Impossible, but funny. No, I now have a new scenario that I'm rooting for. That would be amazing. Evil Bran. Evil Bran would be amazing. Just power hungry. Even if it's framed, I have to take control of the country, centralize everything, control everyone, to simply take out the White Walkers. Even even if it's framed that way, that would be my ideal scenario at this point that sounds awesome here's another terrible scenario that goes along with that what if now every time Sansa or someone walks by him he's just like oh you look so beautiful that night and she's just like oh god and she mentally breaks and he just takes her out of the picture that way the mooch mooch (laughs) brother so that's enough Game of Thrones we've exhausted our resources on that one probably more than enough Game of Thrones we'll uh, move on to something a little near and dear to Igor's art and that is sport ball sporty ball so we'll talk about a few things Uh, start with baseball or as they say in Spanish baseball I think we need to open up by stating a very important fact and that is that James the big maple Paxton is the current American League leader in ERA with a 2.68 earned run average. Can I say, when you said James and then had a big pause, I was like, oh God, he's going to say I think something. I was not prepared for that. Good on you. Yeah, yeah. Big ups. James Paxton, he's the next Felix. Very excited about it. And with that, he gets our (laughs) James Paxton earned run average leader of the pod award. (laughs) <laughs> an historical and prestigious award yes it is hey 110 games into the season the mariners have something to root for i'm gonna i'm gonna put that in the bank so. they're, they're yeah the second in the division right yep not doing too bad they're right at 500 slightly over like there are 55 and 55 and yeah, yeah, yeah. we should put a caveat they're second in the division but they're literally 15 games behind the Houston Astros for the division. Yeah, the Astros have like the top two or three record in the majors, though. Yeah. That's just, I mean, it's a win if you get second in your division in itself, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I was looking at the records and I was like, oh, 50, that's not bad at all. And then no. I was flipping through everyone else and I was like, Jesus, literally everyone's right there. Yeah. It amazes me that it is rare to have a team with a win percentage under 40%. Yeah. Just, you'd think there'd be outliers. And there's a couple pretty high up, but not a lot of teams just like full on 76 years, the whole thing. Yeah. The exception of the 2013 Mariners. Rest <laughs> in peace. Never forget. And the 2000, what year was that? Which? That, that you just mentioned with the Mariners? 2013. The yeah. 2013 Mariners get our jo- James Paxton <laughs> poor ERA award in the pod. And equally negative connotations surrounding that award, but important nonetheless. <laughs> All right, let's get into some of the stuff we, we wanted to talk about here. Uh, there were a couple big pieces of news. The first is you Darvish to the Dodgers. Uh, I like the move. It was for yep. a bunch of nobodies. Yep. I like the moves from the Dodgers at least. Yep. They already have a what the they have the best record in the majors, don't they? Seventy six so. wins. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. They have a star studded cast. No reason to not trade for you know strength in your bullpen. Makes perfect sense for them. Yep. They got to be favors to win it this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, them or Houston, right? That'd be a fun World Series. Yeah, that would. Man, By the way, I can see a lot of people coming out as Dodgers fans and yeah. hating them. Oh God, I mean LA fans in general, right? Yeah, but I mean Houston, I'd be okay with that. <clears throat> Quick aside, uh, Jose Altuve is doing an excellent job of portraying Tyrion in uh, Game of Thrones. Kind of connect some of what we're talking about here. <laughs> How long you been sitting on that one? Fucking roasted. Shit. Uh, we talk about Aaron Judge too. Yeah. The Great Bambino 2.0. Oh god. Pretty sure no one's called him that. But I want to coin it. Court is in session. And that gets out the James Pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But Aaron Judge, huge slump. Oh, he fucking sucks. Oh, okay. Trade him to the Mariners, am I right? God, he's so bad. I've got a take I haven't heard yet. The home run derby ruins players' swings. Eh. <laughs> he swings as hard as he can anyway every time. True. But yeah, I uh, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. He seems too calm and happy to actually have that be affecting him. I agree. But he could be dead on the inside for all we know. Dead Probably between is. the two front teeth, am I right? Oh, get got, braces, loser! God, fucking hire a dentist, you loser! Man, what a jabron! So that uh, wraps it up for baseball. Uh, yep, baseball is a sport. It gets the James Paxton Sport of the Night Award. <laughs> I'm gonna beat this one to death. The move. Never forget the move. So we'll briefly touch on soccer, which was Neymar moving to PSG for 222 million. Hero. I've heard this guy swings both ways, and I don't mean both <laughs> Spanish and French leagues. Uh, Is that an actual rumor? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. When he first signed with uh, Barcelona. Yeah. So that's, that's a new one for me. <laughs> what I'm saying is I've got a new jersey to chase, and... <laughs> Oh my god. Can, can I just say it. how awesome of a transition of me mentioning him? You'd be like, well, I heard he swings both ways. <laughs> That's amazing. Good to you. 
Uh, I mean, I can't, I don't have much to bring to the table for really any of the sports conversation, but especially the soccer. <laughs> yeah, just interesting that happened, and they yes. have to commit some sort of accounting fraud. Yes, to be able to deliver a yes. single check for two hundred and twenty-two million euros to Barcelona. There's no way that's legal. <laughs> no, it's crazy. But uh, I want to keep Neymar in mind because next we're gonna move on to the NBA and talk about Kyrie Irving. So tell me if this sounds familiar. Kyrie he Irving. Swings both ways, or yeah. Okay, sorry. Go Flat ahead. Earthers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, Kyrie, second fiddle to the goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, has it all. Cakewalk to championships every year yep. and once out. Yep. Everyone's confused. Sound familiar? Like someone else we just talked about. <laughs> Neymar. Are they? Do you view their s- scenarios as similar, the same, or is it just my reach in here? I no, I think you're right. I think the dynamics of soccer are so different because you have the different leagues. So, mm. I mean, what is it? Legal one is that what they call the French? Whatever the French league is, just an a totally different and lower level of soccer writ large. So that's the playing. opposite is Kyrie yeah. then, who's in the Eastern Conference, which is the yeah. lower level. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So I think Neymar is just being a pretty boy, wants all the fame, live in Paris, and Kyrie just maybe literally wants the hardest road, unlike Kevin Durant, the bitch. I was, I was with you until the Kevin... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was with you until... I don't know, maybe this is hearing everything out loud, but... I agree. It seems like Neymar wants to go be the man somewhere. Yeah. And I think Kyrie wants to go to be the man somewhere away from LeBron. So I think the reasons might be similar, but the landscape's just different. Yes, agreed. It's a, I think Neymar wants to be the big fish in a small pond. Kyrie wants to be the big fish in the big pond. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, Kyrie's whole situation... He uh, trying to leave the Cavs, wants to go somewhere else, basically demanding a trade. Now, when people ask why, they say it's because the Cavs were trying to trade him immediately after the playoffs and during the draft, and he was having none of it. Mm-hmm. And no trade happens with a second fiddle star unless LeBron's at the head of it. That's true. And people were saying that LeBron's camp might have leaked that or pushed for the trade or lied and said that Kyrie wanted the trade. I don't know. What do you, where do you think this originated? that whole rumor back and forth that's a great question and honestly i find it hard to believe that lebron's camp would be no way involved or in the know with this information um i think david griffin and his firing and the clear kind of misunderstanding between him and and uh gilbert that led to griffin's firing I think that adds a whole new dynamic as well because we have to think. Do you think, was Griffin pro-trade Kyrie? Yes. Yes, okay. Do you think that's why he was fired? No. Okay. I think he was fired because he realized. I think he was trying to do his job well Mm -hmm. and try to secure a future outside of LeBron Mm -hmm. because he figured LeBron was going to go. True. They didn't like that and refused to accept that potential future so they found someone else who would just only goal is win right now and fuck the future yeah interesting okay i mean yeah it's like i said i can't believe that they would have made a decision to move Kyrie irving without lebron's camp 
in some way being party to that, whether it's just they're in the know in the conversation or whether they're the ones initiating that move. I don't know. Do you think LeBron's camp leaked that Kyrie demanded a trade? Or do you think Kyrie's camp leaked that LeBron leaked that? So you could almost side with Kyrie in this instance now. I think Justin Bieber's pastor leaked the trade request. Well, if the freaking water wasn't turning all the frogs gay. Good good joke, Dylan. Uh, (laughs) No, I think it's more likely that LeBron's camp leaked it than it is that Kyrie's camp, Kyrie, excuse me, his camp leaked it. Uh, Someone's just a huge Jenner fan. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Rest in peace, peace, Bruce. Oh, shoot. Excuse me. Caitlyn Jenner. Thank you. Thank Mm you. I think you're forgetting that Danny was raped. (laughs) The mooch. (laughs) Beating that one. Also in basketball, Doc Rivers relieved his duty as GM. How soon until Austin gets traded? (laughs) Has he? We have to look. He could already have been traded (laughs) since we're having this conversation. It's about time. I mean, this guy clearly is not capable of managing both. He's the most prototypical players coach, um, in my opinion, that we've seen in the league the last few years. But he Can I say good on Jerry game. West? I'd like to think yeah. at my core that he's the one orchestrating all this crap and is just like, no, I'm not taking the job unless I can make sure Doc Rivers is getting knocked down a peg. That would make total sense. I mean, Jerry's shown he's competent, right? Yep. Yeah. I think that'll be a fun team. We'll see. I'm in- I mean, I'm interested, but... Mm. I like I a mean, lot of the moves they made for the future. They secured a lot getting rid of Chris Paul. <clears throat> what did they add? I, I'm genuinely curious. I mean, Beverly. Oh, Which is awesome. Lou Williams, right? Uh, I don't know if he's with him. I'm going to go to them right now. So they have Alan Anderson. Meh. Brandon Bass, not mm-hmm. a bad bench piece, but not no. good. P. Bev, who everyone's got to love. Yes. Surprisingly good three-point shooter, too. Sam Decker. <laughs> eh. uh, skip. Gallo. They have him now. I love Gallo. Yes. He's one of the most efficient people at his position. If he can stay healthy, they just struck gold. If not, what a waste. If he can stay healthy, he's a very spicy meatball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Mooch. Blake Griffin, yeah. stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yep. He'll be fine. I'd like yeah. to see him without Chris Paul. He always destroys when Chris Paul isn't there. Uh, yeah. We'll see if he can keep adjusting his game. Um, Montrez Harrell, I like his potential a yes. lot. Yes. At the center of the Louisville hooker scandal. <laughs> yeah, right. To nobody's surprise. <laughs> oh, man. Let's not forget about Darren Hilliard. He's a huge piece. Yeah, okay. I was just kidding. That no. guy sucks. Loser. <laughs> gotcha. You, you had me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. Bryce Johnson, man. Wes Johnson, man. DeAndre Jordan, cool. Liggins, man. Willie Reed. I forgot they got him. He has a big doofy smile. I'll have yeah. to show you that sometime. He's a big doofy. He's got a doofus. great name. Yeah, he was from uh, Miami. Austin Rivers, get him out of there. Get him out of there so that they can make room for a Milos Theodosius. Another name I've never heard. Oh, you know who he is if I okay. showed you. He's like okay. renowned as the best passer in the world. Cindarius Thornwell. Do you remember him? 
mm-hmm. college basketball last year. He's a rookie. For what? Which? Uh, which? He school? went to South Carolina. He was part of that oh. huge run. He was awesome. Okay. I think he's gonna be real good. Who ended that run for South Carolina? Uh, did anybody? I'm pretty sure they won the whole thing. Gonzaga Boulder. <laughs> Have some pride. God. Have some pride. Never forget Mark View, 2012. Covered up the great rape scandal of 2012. Maybe. That's a rumor I feel like people would believe. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah you were right, they had Lou Williams. Best enough basketball. NFL. We'll NFL. let you take the segue here. Uh, big news out of the training camp. Um, everybody's in the best shape of their life. Um, people are getting testy, tired of hitting each other. Yesterday in camp, Frank Clark knocked German Effetti out of camp with a punch to the jaw. And that He's- gives us... The James Paxton Punch of the Pod <laughs> Award. The Big Maple. <laughs> so, um, <go> ahead. <laughs> so, a lot of that going on. Uh, Edelman got kicked out of camp this week. Um, that's just that's just running a tramp yep, good. Yep, just got keep him frothy, Belichick. Keep him frothy. Uh, <laughs> gross. What a gross foaming word. at the mouth to play some football here. <laughs> But the big news has come up this week is... Big news alert. The big news. The mooch. Ryan Tannehill. Undisclosed knee injury. Keeping him out of camp. At this point, we don't know what the injury is. We've seen rumors of ACL. Uh, At this point, we have to assume they're moving forward with Matt Moore. Um, as Gross. they take, I mean, he's taking the starter reps in practice. Are they gonna bring in some unsigned talent? They gonna pull Cutler out of the booth? They gonna pull Cap out of this political purgatory? What are your thoughts? Um, so Adam Schefter reported it. I have no reason to trust the guy. <laughs> I trust the guy. Yeah. I think I think he's gonna be out for the year. Um, at this point. It's and I'll pose the question to you after I answer it. Okay. But I think it's between Cap at this point yep. or Cutler. Yeah. And you overpay for one year. Yeah. But if you're a hundred percent sure you're gonna be rolling with Tannehill going forward, then you I think you do overpay for Cutler for one year. Okay. Then let him go to the booth. But God, injuries in him. He's gotta be done soon. He's already twenty nine. Surprisingly old. Injury after injury. Yeah. I might be just rolling the dice on Cap, seeing what I get out of him, and if I can lock him up after he shows promise. Because their offense isn't terrible. They have weapons. And if you put enough around Cap, he'll eventually make something happen. I don't believe he's terrible. No. So I think he should be your backup plan, and he's a hell of a lot better than Matt Moore, especially right now. Oh, God. (laughs) I think Igor could play better than Matt Moore. That's low, you son of a bitch. I think John Paxton could throw a ball better than Matt Moore. <laughs> the big maple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, I totally agree with you. Um, Ryan Tannehill, for the last five years, he's been ready to make that step, be a premier quarterback in the NFL. Um, oh, has he? This is news to me. <laughs> you're a big Patriots fan, so you're familiar with Tannehill that way. I'm a big Seahawks fan. Wilson and Tannehill came into the league the same year, so they've been compared to some degree. That's been tapering off as Tannehill's not made that rumored next step. But I have to say I think Cap would be 
it would make sense to sign Cap in to fill those shoes. To some degree, they play a similar style. They're fast. They've got a rocket arm. And you get them moving out of the pocket. And they can make things happen. I think Adam Gaze is well documented. He's an excellent offensive mind. I'm hopeful. I think Cutler should stay in the booth. Um, it's easier to manage your diabetes and your menstrual cycles that way. Um, and That's I, uncalled for. Uncalled for low blow. <laughs> and that gives our John Paxton uncalled for a low blow of the pod. <laughs> the mooch. But yeah, that's that. I forgot something. Yes. And uh, Osweiler's available too. Are we laughing at that? Yeah, we're laughing at that joke. But uh, what I honestly think is going to happen, and I mentioned it earlier, if uh, he is out for the season, I think the Patriots trade rape their way into giving them Garoppolo. Ooh. And they take way too big of a haul back. Yes. That'd be very Belichick. There's a stigma around him that Garoppolo's way better than he actually is. Yeah. And you have to at least entertain the idea of him and Gase's system growing with one another there. Mm-hmm. I think it has potential. Might even not even be a bad move. Maybe it isn't a trade rate. Maybe. Maybe. But he's gonna get traded. It would nothing would be more Belichick. His value is at an all time high right now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. up to what it's been. He is higher than he's ever been in value. And it would nothing would be more Belichick than to force a division rival to overpay for yep. a quarterback that then sputters and the Jets in, the league <laughs> in five years. Oh, the poor Jets. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to suck wherever he goes. Yeah. That's very realistic. Yeah. All right. So, do you have anything else for the NFL? Uh, no. I think it's just let's just skip the rest of the season because the Patriots are going to win undefeated, probably. Each hit and die. <clears throat> Question though, sorry. Go back to Garoppolo. Yes, Garoppolo. Value at an all time high. Yes. Is anyone even in the market now? I feel like everyone got at least a quarterback. They have some idea about that they want for the future. Browns drafted, Jets drafted, the Texans drafted. I mean, yes. Today, all these young rookie quarterbacks haven't been shown to be trash yet, right? So you just wait. But Belichick can't hold on to him forever. The trade de- the trade deadline is what week eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, eight weeks into the season, we can guess there'll probably be two, three quarterbacks with season ending ending injuries. Excuse me. Yeah, but they're still that young. You don't give up after one injury. I think for trading the farm for Garoppolo, because we've already passed up first rounders with second rounders and a bunch of other shit too. It's gonna take a hell of a haul. I think. Yeah. That's or true. maybe it won't. Who knows? I mean, yeah, that's fair. What if Goff just plays like absolute trash? That's a very real possibility. Yeah. Where, where does LA go from there? I don't. If that's the case, I think you try to trade for a better quarterback then, because everyone else has been solid for a while for mm-hmm. them, and I think you you can't afford to keep risking it on young, unproven quarterbacks. You're gonna be wasting other people's primes. Yeah. So. Aaron Donald might be the best player in the NFL right now. He's top three. I don't think that's very debatable. Yeah. Yep, that's all I got. All right. So I think that's all we had. We went a pretty long time, but I think we made some important points. We expanded some minds, and 
we got some good audio footage of Igor drinking water. So let's give a takeaway at the end. Why don't we? Okay. You know? So yes. my takeaway is going to be: if you got nothing from this podcast, at least, at least, do yourself the fucking favor, people. <laughs> Google, Google James Paxton. You owe it to yourself. You may be surprised, but you probably won't. All right, your move. The big maple. Um. Yes, my takeaway from the week. Everyone, Google image search Bruce Valanche. You will not be disappointed by what you see. Was that who you were talking about? It was. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm about to pee my pants. He just dropped the mic. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening along. Sorry that we're not entertaining. Bye. The Moosh.